You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. Thank you for joining us for Mass. I am your host, Father Kyle Metzger, and I am here with uh, Roxanne Solonen on this uh, Friday morning. The weather's starting to turn nice, Roxanne. It, it is, and I can tell there's an uplift in your voice even from a few minutes ago. <laughs> and, and I'm around like another person, you yes, know. So yes. like, uh, so this is uh, this is very nice. How have you how have you been lately? Good. I think we have six. Six feet. This and is six feet. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, good. We're we, good. Yeah, we're. Pretty... But it is nice to to see you in person. I know. Yeah, to see other human and it, beings. And thank you for doing mass too. It was beautiful to be here in in person in the studio as well. So you, I hope everyone out there enjoyed it as well. You Appreciate are it. you are very welcome. Yeah, it, it's it's edifying to me as well. You know, we as priests, it, this is a unique time for everybody, and so we as priests, you know, celebrating a lot of you know, private masses where we like to be with the people and to right. preach to the people. So it, it was edifying, you know, to be here uh, with you as well. So it's mutual. That's the church. Absolutely. The, the church, uh, the church militant here. So, well, we have a special guest, I think on the line here already. Let's Del- get right Delilah, to it. Are you there? I am here. Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Uh, we have Delilah Mayer on, and she is all the way over. Where, are you in Mott or nearby? Where exactly are you located, Delilah? I'm in Mott at the nursing home. Okay, okay. And and I, and how and how long have you been been there? I've been almost five years in a nursing home. Okay, so maybe you can tell us briefly a little bit about your story. I think you've probably been on the radio before sharing about it, but for anyone who hasn't heard your story, can you kind of share a little bit about what led to you being in a nursing home? Yes. Uh, almost five years ago, um, I, I saw an undercover uh, video about the babies not only being aborted, but then being sold, you know, by Planned Parenthood. And I was so, so sad. I sat down in my kitchen farm home table and I just wept bitterly. And I said, Lord, if you can use me, I'm willing, and I'm anxious. And the next few days, I was I got weaker and weaker, and all of a sudden I couldn't. One morning I woke up, uh, and I couldn't hold a cup of water, so I quickly called nine one one, and they took me uh, to a hospital, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me for a whole day. And finally, they said, "You know, we think you have Guillain-Barré disease." And uh, by the time I got to Bismarck, I I couldn't even write my name anymore. So it was kind of a frightening time for me, and all I could say is, Lord, I'm not going to complain about what's going to happen here. And it was total grace for me to even say that, because I'm pretty much, I don't like to be sick, you know? But I said, Lord, if you're going to use this, whatever way you're going to use it, I'm going to say yes to it. And of course, there were people praying for me. And uh, so I did, that's what the use that I had, and, and the only thing I could move I was totally paralyzed from my neck on down. I could move my head a little bit, and that was it. So um, I was in extensive therapy, uh, to say the least, um, which was really a gift to me. Um, It was extremely hard. But I remember praying even before I got the disease, Lord, help me not to be lazy when I get old. Be careful what you pray for. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, PT is, is hard work. Uh, but I just, 
all of the, the people that helped me were so wonderful and they were so encouraging. And uh, because I was older when I got this disease, uh, it took me a long time to recuperate. I'm still in nursing home now because I can't walk on my own by myself. But it's coming, little by little. How, so anyway... How, how okay. old were you, Delilah, when, when all this happened? Um, I was, um, let's see, I'm 78 now, so that was five years ago. So you, you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> so not 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 old enough, really, to, to be a, a typical nursing home candidate, really. Right. Right. Yeah. You were a farmer's yeah. farmer's wife living out uh, the, the years of your, your children being young adults and being a grandma and and yeah. uh, this wasn't the plan. It wasn't the plan. The plan was for me to take care of my husband because he's six years older than I am and here I am in the nursing home. Um, all I can say is uh, it's been quite a ride and I think the thing that, that I, when I look back on it um, that I didn't complain was a total miracle and it was because of all the prayers that people prayed for me. Uh, we had, I've done quite a bit of ministry, my husband and I, over the years. We taught Nacho Family Planning and we did Life and Spirit seminars. And, and I had a youth group and a Team for Life group for lots of years. And, you know, we've had a ministry at the Abbey for healing and, and uh, a light. Uh, and we did that for six years and we prayed for people. So there was a lot of people praying for me when they found out I was so sick. People would come to see me, and they would just, some of my friends would just leave. They'd say, how did this happen, you know? Delilah, so, uh, this is uh, Father Metzger here. This, I mean, I was unfamiliar with your story, Delilah. I'm absolutely fascinated. I didn't know any of this until you just shared it right now. I didn't oh. have much time to prepare before this interview. So this is just, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm amazed by what I would even consider like the heroic virtue here. Like, uh, I, it's, it's difficult for me to understand, you know, I'm in my 30s and I'm, you know, young and healthy to all of a sudden to be faced with such a debilitating illness. I would think that would be, you'd be more likely to kind of be angry, bitter, uh, frustrated at, at something so quickly coming upon you. Where did you, where did you get the grace to, to really, you know, turn this over to the Lord and, and to look at it as, as an opportunity for, for grace and, and, uh, you know, redemptive suffering? Where does that come from? I'm amazed at your, your clarity and your, your courage in all of this. Well, every, everything is grace and mercy. And believe me, I can tell you that. 100%, everything, everything. But um, 47 years ago, uh, well, 49, I guess, I was baptized in the Spirit and Fire and at the Abbey in Richardson, and uh, it was the most wonderful thing that ever happened to my life. And my life totally changed, you know? And so I look back at my life, and I'm thinking, it was the power of the Spirit way back, you know, that gave me the grace to just say, okay, God, let's go through this. And look for the good in this and keep offering it to you, you know, and give all my worries and cares to God, for He cares for me. First Peter 5, 7, I hung on to that with all my life, you know. The other scripture that He gave me was Psalm 46, you know, and that was, God is my refuge and my strength, and ever-present help in trouble, you know, and, and be still and know that I am God. Anybody that knows you, I will never like to talk. Believe me. I had a lot of time to be quiet and listen to the Lord. So I had a relationship with Him before I got sick that was vibrant and abundant. So that really gave me the grace. 
to go through this and just keep offering it to the Lord and thanking Him for what He's going to do, you know, for for my for not only me but to purify me. That was the biggest thing that that I came uh, was just to um, that purification that was going to be, you know, older and and kind of like um, kind of lazy in, in some of my ways and. And the Lord really pulled that out of me and said, you know, now this is going to be um, something that you're going to learn that you can share with others. So I look back at it and all I can say is, this is Grace and Mercy. I, I just wrote a book about being in the nursing home. It's called um, uh, Finding God in the Broken and the Beautiful in the Nursing Home. And I can tell you this, that every day is exciting for me because when people come in to help me, I... I honestly look for the good in each one of them, and and uh, I just really t- try to tell them how much I appreciate them. Being a nursing home is not a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do hardly anything for yourself. No, I, I'm really good. I can even write, and I can do all kinds of things. Uh, I just can't work on myself yet. But it's, it's difficult when you have to wait, when you have to go to the bathroom, when you have to wait. And I look back in my life, and I'm thinking... How did I learn to trust God? It was way, way back when I was baptized in the Spirit and fire. You know, it was just a powerful experience of God. And the Pope is talking about that now. Um, I listen to you at the end every day in the presence. And he says, the gift of the Holy Spirit is beyond joy. And I can honestly tell you that is the truth. To live in this pre- the presence of God, uh, just knowing that He loves me and He... He cares for me. I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is that that love that he has for me is unbelievable at times. Well, I just thank you. Yeah. I, I just wanted to thank people for tuning in to Real Presence Live. I'm the co-host this morning, Roxanne Stalin, and here with Father Kyle Metzger, and we're talking with Delilah Mayer, who is in a nursing home in Mott, North Dakota. Um, Delilah, I, I've known you for many years because my sister and your daughter were roommates way back a long time ago at the University of Mary, and, and I remember meeting you one summer because I live with my sister in Bismarck, and you just had such a, a vibrancy about you, and it's been a joy to know you. One of the things um, you, you shared with me, you called me early on in this pandemic, uh, that you were actually um, joyful over over uh, what was going on, um, because people seemed more open to, to hearing about God. Share a little bit about how the pandemic has been a blessing in, in your life as you're in the nursing home and having the zeal to share about the gospel. Yes, it's very interesting. When I first um, got into the nursing home, I started praying for everybody that would take care of me so that they could know Jesus powerfully. And um, so now I'm, I'm back home in Moss, North Dakota. My husband is only a block away from me, um, but I can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, at, for Easter, I, I couldn't see my family even. Uh, and, and that was hard. I thought it was going to be not so bad. I just kept offering it to the Lord and surrendering it to but I thought, oh, you know, I think the Lord wanted me to feel what it's like for the rest of the people in here that can't see their people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, we made little crosses uh, out of palms um, for, for for the people here, um, and we gave them out on, on Easter Sunday. Um, but anyway, what was interesting about it is um, that the next day, um, everybody in here could not even touch anybody. We have to say six feet away from everybody, 
And I said, okay, Lord, if I can't touch these people and, and love them anymore in that way, then you're going to have to do it for me. So I'm finding that that's interesting, that, you know, whenever I see somebody, I start praying for them or touch them in a way that they need to be touched in because I can't touch them anymore. Mm. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing how it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. It's just exciting to see. You know, the Bible study, too, people are coming to the Bible studies. You know, some of them don't know quite what's going on in here, but most of them do know there's something going on because people are wearing masks, and they're, they're being so careful in masks. I'm so proud of them. You know, every two hours they come and sterilize everything, and I think this is just wonderful. And praise God we've not had anything in our county even. And Adams County doesn't have anything either at this point. So we're just really being... Um, careful, but it's, it's, it's hard for me when I see people not to just touch them, because they're, they're reaching out to you, even, you know, and I'm saying, honey, I can't touch you, but I love you, and, you know, you, and so there's, there's a whole whole wonderful thing happening here. You've, you've, uh, you've had to learn how to, you know, reach out to people, so to speak, in a different way, a more, a more prayerful, a more spiritual way, instead of giving them a hug, you know, praying, praying for them, if you found that? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, and, and God knows how to do that. He knows how to touch them, you know. I can trust that, you know, but I can hardly wait to touch them again. <laughs> <laughs> Delilah, do you ever think, okay, because so much has been removed and so much has been stripped from your life, because I know you would have preferred being with your husband all these years and being closer to your family physically, um, do you ever think how much more, Lord, are you going to <laughs> remove uh, before I, I see you? D- does it ever feel like that? Or how do you adjust to all all of that is taken from you? Because I think a lot of people are feeling that right now. A lot of people are missing the, the physical touch and, and those small gestures. Yes. Yeah, yes, I think about that. That it may get worse. And, you know, the, one of the things I'm so grateful for is that I have my mind. You know, um, and, and I see around me people losing their mind, and, and they say things and do things they normally would never do, you know. And all I can say about all of that is God is with them. You know, and nothing can separate us from the love of God, you know. And because He lives, I can, you know, I can face tomorrow. And whatever's going to come, I've been through a lot, you know. But, you know, it didn't seem so bad because He... I felt like it was, I was put in a bubble and just kind of taken through because of all the prayers. You know, have you ever felt that where you just you just know people are praying for you? You can feel it. You know. Have you so, um, have you Delilah uh, noticed um, a change in any family or friends after the illness? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I think my whole family has has really come closer to the Lord. They've all given their hearts to the Lord and are living for them, my children and those that they're married to, and the grandkids are being raised really, really well. Um, and so I'm so pleased. But, um, you know, yeah, it, it's not easy, I'm sure, for my kids to watch me in this, you know, but they know, too, that this is a, a little mission I'm on. Um, you know, it's it's the way it is. It's what is it is, it is, right? So, um when I said, you know, Lord, if you can use me, I'm willing. I meant it. So I, I'm not going to go back on that. And I think about how he takes me from glory to glory. You know, and I, I think about how there's such grace and mercy. 
And this is the Mercy Time, Divine Mercy Novena we're doing, and today it was for the Four Souls in Purgatory. Always offer my my life for the Four Souls in Purgatory, and always, always for the end of abortion and, and, and for all, always, always, every day. So somebody said to me not long ago, you know, as soon as that abortion clinic in Fargo is closed, you will you'll walk again. Mm. And I just wept. We're we're trying. I, <laughs> I know you are. I know. I all of us, and I pray for you. I pray for your beautiful spirit there, and and how you love those people. You know, uh, but I do know about the babies. Our Ryan died at forty years old. I had five children. And our, our middle son died when he was 40. He had three little kids, had brain cancer. And uh, when he died, um, he always prayed. The first 10 uh, Hail Marys in the rosary for, so that babies wouldn't be aborted. And when he died, I saw a pile of just a, a call of witnesses come to meet him. And I know that they were the babies, too. That these babies, he's enjoying and they're in heaven now. I can't tell you how I know that, but I know that. Why wouldn't God do that? I mean, these, these kids didn't do anything wrong. They're in heaven. They're praying for their parents to whoever was responsible for their death. But God is using these people now, you know, uh, in a powerful way, these babies that are born. That's a blessing to people that are listening. I hope that that is because I know that that's true, that they all came to greet him when he died. And that's another story. I wrote a book mm. about it. The book is called Ryan S. Near. I just put his name on it. And uh, so it's all about that. If anybody wants to pick it up and read it, you can get it on Amazon. Delilah, how have you seen God working? How do you see Jesus in your midst in, in the isolation of the confinement of a, of a nursing home in ways you can encourage others who are in that situation? Well, I see I see him wanting I see them wanting more of God, so that there's some answers here for them, you know, and then it's a good time to evangelize them and, and say, you know, you know, we all belong to the Lord, and He can use each one of us in here by just smiling at each other. You know, even a smile that that that, that makes somebody else feel good, or, or you look nice today, that kind of thing. So I see, I see God being kind to the CNAs that work so hard to keep us going, you know, and the, the nurses, they're so kind. And, and even if people are, are, are losing their minds and they're saying things they shouldn't be saying, you know, I see the kindness that they, that's how they treat them. Uh, I just see people more aware of God's presence here because of this virus. And I thank God for it. You know, I hope it will be over with soon. I think I have to be honest about that. But I see that people are more willing to to talk about God and, and want more of God in their lives. It's interesting, Delilah, how, you know, with what you just said, with the impact of the virus, if you look at just your the, the broader view of the impact of this, you know, debilitating uh, illness for you and how God, um, God can bring grace uh, a grace through very challenging things, very you know, uh, yeah. hurtful yeah. things. Even God's grace always always shines forth. Isn't He wonderful that He can? Uh, there's nothing so bad that good can come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He always does that for us, and I think that's so great. I was just listening to Scott Hahn's book, 
he wrote a new book, um, and he was talking about, um, the name of the book is We Hope to Die, and he says, you know, when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, we receive his glorified body. And that just hit me like a brick. And then he said, um, and then we receive his love that he had for us on the cross. Every time we receive communion, we can't receive communion at this point, but we can do spiritual communion. You know, and God's gonna God covers it that way too. I I believe that God's bigger than you know just receiving communion. I believe that He He meets us where we're at. He's got so much to give us, and then we get to give that love away. That's the big, that's the good part. Delilah, do you have any um, maybe words of encouragement, tips, uh, advice? For people who might be struggling with something similar of, of, of being alone or not able to to continue with their regular te- routine, how do you how do you continue kind of that devotion to the Lord when everything seems disruptive? Well, you know, I have EWTN. I don't know what I would do without EWTN and Real Presence Radio. You people are doing such a wonderful job of instructing us in the ways of the Lord so that we can see things the way He does. You know, um, this is a time... Uh, he created us for this time, just like Esther was created, you know, to do the hard things. We can do hard things. I have a grandson who's at West Point, and he said, you know, Grandma, if I don't have something hard to do every day, I don't feel God's joy. Hmm. So so what's so hard about doing hard things? You know, he does it in and through it, you know, and he gets the honor and glory for it. So every day gets to be fun for me. Uh, there are days when I don't feel well, and it doesn't happen very often. You know, that, that's more difficult for me. But I just start praising the Lord and worshiping Him and thanking Him for for, for taking care of me. Um, he cares for me, and He loves me desperately, like He loves everybody else. It's a wonderful time to evangelize. A wonderful time. God wants our hearts. And I think, uh, you know, when I was baptized in the Spirit so many years ago, the Lord did give me a gift to evangelize, and I have worked with youth for 40 years, and I still teach them now. They come every Wednesday night, except they can't come now. So I'm calling them on the phone and saying, they can watch TV and you know, go, go to Mass every day, make a spiritual communion, and be sure you pray your rosary at night so that you stay pure, that you'll get a good husband and wife. And some of you will be religious, but pray, just pray. You know, don't waste this time. This is a wonderful time to... To get close to the Lord. The scriptures are full of good things. Start with the book of John, I tell my teenagers, and just read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And we can have that Word uh, that can come alive in us. So I just tell them, just be sure you don't quit praying, because uh, we need God more now than we've ever needed Him. Delilah, you are a delight. I want I want to bring you to my parish for like to preach a mission or something. <laughs> I'm like joy in the face of adversity, Delilah. This is you're just you are you are a joy. You are a gem. We uh we have about one minute left, Delilah. You have any final things you want to pass on to our listeners? You said you've got the gift of evangelization. What what do our listeners need to need need to hear? They need to know that God wants their heart. And so um, they need to say, Jesus, come in my heart, take over my life, and run my life. I think sometimes we don't hear it that clear. But once you do, and if you make that commitment, God will change your heart, I promise you. Because I've seen it done for 40 years, teaching 
young people. I young people are going to change the world. You know, we started the Team Soas group here long, 40 years ago, and the kids found out about abortion and how old it was, and, and they would take the videos home. And so this mob town is pro life because it's teenagers. Hmm. So I have every hope that these young people are going to change the world. Well, we appreciate your your energy and, and your insight so much, Delilah, and, and we ask for your prayers as we'll be praying for you. Um, up next, join us as we pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, asking the Lord to pour forth His mercy upon us as we bring forth your intentions during this time. It's the Chaplet of Divine Mercy next on Real Presence Live. 